Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode where tonight we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week from 1976, Grizzly, directed by William Girdler. Yeah, there's a big-ass bear in these woods and somebody's got to stop him. Christopher George might be up for the task. So we'll be talking about that later on in the show, but as always, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Go Geek Keith. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to Talking Terror. Remember, ladies, stay clean. It's bear season. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, you ever get that not-so-fresh feeling? (laughs) Oh, no, bears! We should have kept clean. We should have kept clean. No, yeah, it's going to be okay. Everybody's going to be okay. But uh, we are not joined by the Dean tonight because he is, uh, I'm sure, camping again. So look out for them bears, Dean, especially those sky bears. You don't want the blood red sky again. So, but we are joined, of course. It is a shame because the Dean just recently had, like, a full-on run-in with a bear, you know, at their their, their camp. The other, uh, the just a couple weeks ago when they were camping, you know, I guess uh, with the, the whole garbage and everything, the fucking bear showed up and and did its thing. Did yeah, what it's bears did amazing to see that video. <laughs> you know, and just uh, kind of coming around the campground, they're like, oh look, it's a fucking bear. Like you know, I saw this video uh, just this past week of a bear that had actually gotten into a, somebody's house and it was digging around the trash cans and things like that, and the guy was like, hey bear, get out of here, bear. You go now. Bear, go. And the bear's like, ah, fuck it. And just leaves. I'd be shitting my fucking pants. If I come home and there's a bear going, hey, what's up? No, no. Just sell the house. We're moving. We're moving right now. That's the bear's house now. <laughs> Not our house anymore. It belongs to that bear. We had a good run, kid. But we got to move. You sound like Maddie G, except with Maddie G, it's with like a mouse, you know, or a cockroach. Oh, yeah. At least for you, it would take a bear sell the house. With Matt, it's like, yeah. oh, there's a mouse. Burn this fucker down. Not even like a bunch of mice, just like one. One mouse. And he's like, I don't know. I think I should move. I'm like, just take it easy. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I deal with mice all the fucking time. I deal with big ones, little ones, everything in between. He's like, I don't know, man. Just sitting back and forth, watching a camera all night, waiting for a guy. I'm like, you know, if there's one, there's going to be more. He's like, shut up, dude. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's one, there's going to be more. Got to explain how they like now to cuddle just... with him at night, you know? Poop in his mouth. <laughs> I'd love for him to wake up with a mouse on his pillow. Hey. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I can't sleep in this bed anymore. That this actually, bed is in 
that happened to me once, man. I wasn't fucking sleeping what? on my pillow. No. But, like, I woke up in the middle of the night because I heard some, like, ruckus going around. And this is back when, when I was at my <laughs> other house. And it was the cat. And I guess the cat was chasing the mouse. And as I woke up, the fucking thing, it just literally jumped up on the bed and was, like, running right into my direct, like, up my body towards me. At which point, like, I opened my eyes and I see the fucking mouse coming this way, the cat right behind it. The mouse saw me, bugged out, went in the other direction, and uh, yeah, and the cat never ended up catching it anyway, you know, just another trap. Yeah, the Tom and Jerry cartoon come to life in your old house. (laughs) But yeah, so mice and bears, and oh my, we also have the psychotic simian, the mad monkey, the prince on Moore's day. Yeah, let's get funky with the monkey. Yeah, King, we getting more funky than a 1970s campground full of scabies-infected jockeys in the summertime. But you know what time it is, Fright fans. So prepare yourself for the epic audio journey of your favorite horror podcast in all of the motherfucking land. And let the sultry sounds of Talking Terror excite your entire being. Yes! But as always, if you can't catch us live every Wednesday night from 9 to 11, you can always explore the vast and sheer immensity of the Talking Terror catacombs for free, motherfuckers, on Blog Talk, Spotify, and iTunes, baby. Just make sure to like and subscribe to Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram. What's up, right, family? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Got into that cocaine bear action. Nice. <laughs> cocaine! <laughs> I love cocaine! I'm sure this bear was on a lot of cocaine, too. We'll talk about it later on the show. But welcome, yes, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, so we have some things to talk about, of course. Dean's on here, so I'll be taking over for horror news. But we've got some things to talk about beforehand. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about, uh, not really as a discussion, but it's kind of a shout-out to uh, a fan of ours, a dear friend of mine, Marie. As you guys may know, she's a part of the Dutchland Rollers Roller Derby Club. Uh, she held an event this past Sunday in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. It was a drag show in the backyard of a winery. Man, it was like a thousand fucking degrees, but it was a great Dude. time by all. A lot of great queens came out. Uh, one did an amazing performance of Purple Rain. That monkey, if you had saw it, you would have been like, holy shit. <laughs> like somebody called Prince in the Afterlife. Because she hit all the notes perfectly. Uh, Marie looked amazing in this velvet gold dress. I, of course, was fucking sorting my balls off in a black ACDC T-shirt and jeans. Why the fuck did I do that? I don't know. I was trying to look cool. Instead, I was sweating my fucking ass off. But it was such a fun event. And, of course, the whole thing, too, was that originally it was, hey, bring a lawn chair, come out, enjoy the drag show. So I'm like, oh, wow, I just noticed that. I got to get a lawn chair. So I ended up ordering one on walmart.com and it was like an extra large like hey fat guys this is going to be for you and it's extra large and it's amazing i was like great i'm going to buy it so i bought it and then all of a sudden they're like oh by the way they have chairs available at the event enjoy i'm like oh no that's okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah so now you have a lot now you have a lawn chair for no lawn that you have for your third story apartment (laughs) yeah yeah. i just have a a, a luxury chair just to kind of hang out with i was like you know what I'll find a way to use it. I'll figure out something, you know, because it's, it's really nice, and I want to go to the good use. But, yes, it was an amazing show. A lot of money was made. A lot of wine was drank. Uh, Marie put together, actually. She was the, the creator of the event. So yeah, she did a great job. So, Marie, I know you listen every week. Fucking fantastic job. Way to go. Great job. And did, did, I, 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, yeah, the king was telling me, like, she was literally throwing this together on her own, for, you know, from scratch. Like, this was her first big event. You know, he was telling me about all the things she was having to go through to put this thing together and the context she was putting together and, you know, everything she was going through to make this happen. I'm just so glad to hear that everything went off without a hitch. So, you know, very, very yeah. cool. Congra- congratulations on your very, very uh, – first event and I'm glad that it turned out so fucking successful. That's awesome. And the amazing thing is, is that she had an MC in place uh, but that MC got sick and wasn't able to make it so she ended up taking over. She was so nervous but yet she just got that microphone in her hand and she just fucking killed it. Like I was like I would never know that you were nervous. I would never know that it's kind of like your first time doing it. I mean she was so natural, so great. So I just I, I couldn't say enough praises for everybody that was there. Everybody was so cool and, and welcoming um, you know, it was just a great time. So anytime I get invited to a drag show, I'm going to go because I fucking love them. Yeah, I, guess, I can't get enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so damn. much fucking fun when you go to a drag show. And one of them even did a, a, a performance of a song from that uh, movie Encanto about that dude Bruno that you guys were telling me about. Oh. I'm like, I know that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's we don't well, talk what about were they him. doing, man? They, yeah. what, what are they doing doing a song about him? You're not supposed to talk about him. I don't know what it was. I didn't know what was going on at first. I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, she's looking like an old abuela. You know, she's dancing around, and then she's like, oh, we don't talk about Bruno. I was like, oh my god, it's from that fucking movie about the guy Bruno. That Disney <laughs> Everything came together. So I was like, but it was it was amazing. I still don't know what it's about, but hey, it was cool to see everybody kind of get involved with that. But uh, with that being said, it's, it's, uh, I want to move it's not to, about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a movie about a guy named Bruno? No, 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 no. We don't talk about it. You know what? No, no, no. This is we, an we don't talk podcast. about it. Nope. We've been there. We don't I, talk what? about it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why, don't, Why can't we talk about him? Bruno sounds like a good guy. We nope. should all be talking about Bruno nope. all the time. No, nope. nope. Every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really cutting me in half here. But anyway, so moving on from that, we'll talk about uh, Tino Ghoul, either. Monkey, Tino. Who's Tino? Is that another Disney character? I'm so confused right now. Who the fuck is Tino? Never mind. I'll figure it out. I'll have to Google it later. Who's Tino? Disney. (laughs) Might give me an answer. I don't know. What you ought to be looking up is who's Johnny. (laughs) Johnny? Uh, You know, there's too many characters in this movie already. I'm kind of aggravated. (laughs) Johnny. Vagina. Oh, I'd watch a movie like that. Hey, it's Vajani. Hey, anyone look at my Vajani? I'm going to help you. I'll take a look. You know, no. So I want to move away from that uh, and go to Ghoul and the Monkey. Uh, apparently, there's a thing called the Sandman uh, that's uh, come out. Uh, I don't know. Wow, I'm out of this race. I th- wow, really? I, I, think. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know anything about it. I know it's about a, a Sandman. Uh, and Neil Gaiman's behind it, and apparently a lot of people are getting hard over it. So if you guys want to talk about it, uh, yeah, I'll take a back seat, and you guys can gush about a guy with a bag of sand and put people to sleep. <laughs> yeah, th- this is based on the DC Vertigo uh, title, Sandman. It's new Netflix series, um, yeah, pr- produced by Neil Gaiman. He-, he had his hands in this hardcore, uh, <laughs> like, just very, very controlling of this project because – this is his baby. It's like, you know, this is a project that is over 35 years old in the making, you know, and, you know, based on a graphic novel of that time. 
and is just people have approached him over the years to do this project. He has been approached at least four times to do this project. He was approached in 1989. He was approached in 1990, 1993, and then at LA, and even so not too long ago in 2013, every time he turned them down. Big, big studios wanted to throw big, big money his way, going, we want to turn your thing into a movie. He's like, no, no you can't do it right. You, you, you don't have the money. You don't have the vision. The technology isn't right. You can't capture it. And he was straight up telling these studios no. And the studios were like, what, you're turning down money? He's like, yep. <laughs> so everyone's wanting to sit there and at this time say that Neil Gaiman is a sellout. All right, I'm going to sit there and put it out there right now, you know, that with this one, you know, being his baby, this is the one that, you know, in my opinion anyway, put him on the map as far as comic books and being a writer and all that, you know. No, he took his time with this. He wanted to make sure he got this right, you know, and <laughs> – the Diva grew up as a hardcore fan of this series, and I'll weigh in on that in a minute. You know, it's, you know, put her opinions out there. But it's just me not being a fan. I'm just saying I, I enjoyed the visuals of the show. I enjoyed the storytelling of the show. You know, and Neil Gaiman to me, ah, you know, as an author, author, sorry, he's a little bit on the dry side, but he definitely needs other people to help him flesh out his characters for the screen, so I'm glad that he had a very big wheelhouse to help him do this, but it was definitely a fun, fun ride. Ghoul, what did you think of this, man? I mean, look, you know, the uh, the Sandman series, uh, and that, and a number of other graphic novel-esque uh, stories, you know, back, back when I started, like, really reading comic books, where, you know, I'll probably say, like, around, like, 1989, 1990 or so, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think of The Watchmen, I think of Sandman, I think of, like, you know, a, a lot of those graphic novel things, and you know what, when I was reading at the time, I was, you know, I was light and fluffy, I was reading, you know, Avengers, I was reading X-Men, <laughs> Uh, more Marvel than DC, but, you know, Same here. again, I, I, I would pop into like a DC comic or something like that. You know, this, this is one that's been on my radar forever. You know, it's just, it, I never got around to reading it. Like it just never popped into my lap, never, never like popped up right in front of me to where I was like, Oh, okay. You know what? This is it. I'm going to finally settle down and read the fucking Sandman. But it was always something that was like in the back of my head that I knew I had to get to. I knew it was revered. I like Gaiman as far as, uh, you know, I, I've read some of his stuff in, uh, in, in novel form, you know, um, some of his short stories and things like that are in, in some of the anthologies that I have. Um, you know, I don't hate them. I, I, I agree with you. He can be a little bit dry, but I do love his vision. I do, do like yes. how he perceives the world because that definitely shines in the stories. Um, so again, all of that being said, I'm going into this show as a complete 100% version of the Sandman. I, I, you know, aside from knowing that he would have something to do with dreams, just based on the name, that's about all I really knew about the character. Um, I absolutely loved the show. I loved how it was presented. 
it uh, it reminded me a lot of the Legion series, which was on FX, except instead of feeling like a bad trip, everything just had more of a surreal, nightmarish appeal to it, which I thought obviously fits the character's tone. I thought the stories were well-written. I thought the characters were, were fun. There were some nice little cameos in there. Hello, Jenna Coleman. You know, when you're ready to get married. Yes. Please, you know, give me a fucking call. I'm ready to go. I've been waiting for you to be my ex-wife for a long time now. Um, <laughs> that cute little loser. Dude, you know, forever, she'll forever be Clara for me from, from Doctor Who. But, you know, that, that girl is just so girl. adorable. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah she, uh, you know, but again, there, there were cool stories. I thought, you know, the, the, the entire concept behind that world I thought was great and I think the the guy that, that played Morpheus was awesome you know reminded me of the uh, the lead singer of the cure and kind of like the Dude. character from from Dawson's Creek uh the guy that played Jack uh, it was like they rolled them all together and, and there you go but uh but it worked it really did I, I don't even know how it did but it really did and King I actually really do recommend you check this out I think you'll enjoy this series Hmm, interesting. I mean, I've heard about it. Is it live action or is it animated? Fully it's live, live action. action. Oh, that's right, because you did mention Jenna Coleman, so yeah, obviously live action. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. add it to my list. I mean, I heard a lot of people talking about it. I know nothing about it, you know, so it's one of those yeah. things. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. I got She-Hulk to look forward and, to yeah. coming out next week. So. Well, and then the thing is, the diva grew up reading this series. She is a hardcore fan of Sandman. She, you know, unfortunately, she mm. had all of the original graphic novels back in the day. You know, due to a bad breakup with a boyfriend, she lost all of them because he was a dick. You know, but she actually had mm. all of the original issues growing up and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, and she just loves Gaiman's work. You know, and every everything that he's done. And um, the, the diva, as a fan, you know, said said that visually compared to the, you know the books, which, by the way, are now available in collective graphic form uh, for a, a nice tidy price of 40 bucks a graphic novel, and they're nice, fucking thick graphic novels. And Volume 1 covers um, the first season of Sandman, just so you guys know out there. You know, um, with original artwork by Sam Keith, who, as you know, it, you know, was from the image who worked on the Max. So, you know, there's that kind of artwork there. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's visually pleasing to look at. Um, and she said Neil Gaiman was smart enough to sit there and realize, you know, again, this story is 35 years old, you know, and mm-hmm. he was smart enough to take the imagination of a young Neil Gaiman and then use the wit and wisdom of an older Neil Gaiman to update this where it needed to be updated, make it work so it still works. Yes, there are some variations from the graphic novel, you know, and yes, there are haters out there because, yes, there are variations here and there. But, again, Neil Gaiman, working with Neil Gaiman to just make a better updated product for the viewers of today. And she said, like, you know, as she's going through and rereading this now and stuff like that, it's just the, the feel and the sensitivity of it all is still there. And 
story-wise, nothing is lost. And, you know, just definitely, definitely check it out in her opinion. Very cool. Awesome. <clears throat> Very cool. So moving on from <clears throat> the Sandman, uh, I want to talk about something that's a good one I checked out this past weekend, which is the Brad Pitt movie Bullet Train, uh, which oh, was yeah. available to see in IMAX, which we both did. He went to go see an IMAX, and I did as well. Uh, so I want to get the ghoul. I want to hear your thoughts on Bullet Train. What do you think? Is it worth checking out? Yeah, I mean, listen, like I say, with, with almost every movie, you know, it, is Bullet Train worth checking out in theaters? Um, yeah, I think if you if you are a fan of action films, if you are a fan of Brad Pitt, um, if you like Tarantino-esque, like light, Tarantino light, type of material then then yeah definitely go check out bullet train um like i said we saw it in imax i thought it was great on the big screen yeah. i thought it really captured the uh the the size and scope of the the being on the train and there's the 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 one sequence at the end where the imax you, you like you said to me on the phone after we both seen it man you were like yeah that fucking sequence was awesome in imax because it was just so gigantic yeah. um yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, overall, like I said, though, it is, it's, it's Tarantino light. You're not going to get the same level of dialogue and conversation that you'll get in a Tarantino movie. But what you will get instead, though, is a lot of fucking frenetic, fast-paced action. When this movie is going, it goes on all rails, and it is fantastic. It had a couple small points where maybe it dragged a little bit, but uh, but it, it kept my interest the entire time, and I had fun with it. And, yeah, when all was said and done, I walked out, and I was quite pleased. So I do recommend Bullet mm-hmm. Train. Yeah, I would recommend it, too, uh, just to resound it. Yeah, it is very Tarantino-esque. Um, <clears throat> it's not as snappy and quick as Tarantino does with dialogue, but it's very just inspired. Uh, I know that the guy that worked on Deadpool 2 (laughs) uh, directed uh, Bullet Train. So you get a lot of that humor, a lot of that action from the Deadpool movies in this movie, Um, and it worked. Uh, Like I was telling the ghoul when we talked about it afterwards, it's like this movie is Chekhov's gun the movie because everything that they present in this movie has a role to play. Nothing is off limits. It's not like, oh, we're going to look at this thing, and it's never going to come back into play ever again. No, everything does. Everything oh, has a cool. purpose. Everything has a meaning. And it's like when you see it, it's going to come back, you know, and you just see it, and you're like, oh, shit, that's right. Like, and then you flash back to when you saw that thing. You're like, oh, that's, man, how did I not think about that when I first saw that, you know? And mm-hmm. everybody was just so good in this movie, and I couldn't believe it was Taylor Johnson playing Tangerine because I was like, holy shit. When the ghoul told me that, I was like, he was fucking phenomenal. He was so mm-hmm. good, you know, in his part. And his brother Lemon, his twin brother Lemon, was amazing in all of his Thomas the Tank Engine remarks. He could spot people. I will never, I will never just, look at Thomas the Tank Engine like the same. I'm not a fucking diesel. Though, though I will have to say, though, you know what? In my defense on that, anyway, though, I don't think I can ever look at Thomas the Tank Engine the same again after seeing that one image of like that creature like crawling out of the train. Um, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If it's a creepy yeah, looking <laughs> fucking image, man. And it's like, yeah, I, I almost want to recommend, like if you haven't seen it, to check it out. But at the same time, you probably don't because you're never going to fucking look at Thomas again. No, there, there, no there are it, some creepy horrifying. fucking images of it. 
there is just so much Thomas the Tank Engine creep shit out there on the internet <laughs> you could find, and, and, and Bullet Train it works, and you know, and Brad Pitt. Like, I'm not the biggest Brad Pitt fan. Like, I kind of I pick and choose the movies that he's in that I really like, like Inglorious Bastards, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, both Tarantino movies, uh, True Romance, Fight Club. Like, I like it when Brad Pitt just plays like the funny character, but he's also got kind of like a badass edge. You know, and in this movie, he's the same way. You know, he's all about being calm and about being a part of things and just kind of thinking things through. But everything that fucking could happen to him happens to him, like, over this course of, of a night and day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything you can think of, it happens to him. And he... <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool? No, I said it's because he's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ladybug, lucky. <laughs> you know, but it's just... And it's one of those things, too, where it's kind of realistic, where, you know, he sees something happening. He's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it reminds me of, like, Big Trouble Little China, Jack Burton. When he starts getting to the <laughs> shit, he's like, what the fuck is that? What do you mean, the three storms? What the fuck? Like, like just, it reminds me so much of that character, where it's like he just doesn't know how to react to things. He's just kind of reacting in the moment, you know. And there's that one particular moment we talked about, Google, where he's checking on that one person. He's like, you okay? You want me to hold your hand? You need water? <laughs> Just the way it played out. Oh, I mean, I highly recommend it. Monkey, when you finally get a chance to see it, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Cause oh, dude, yeah, you know ride. I'm excited about it, man. I like, you know, unfortunately I am not doing movie theaters right now, but, yeah, I am so excited about this movie. It's like just when the trailers first dropped, and I was like, oh, my God, that sounds so good. You know, <laughs> But, yeah, it looks like another, you know, uh, tower, you know, scale kind of movie, but just this time done on a train. But, you know, again, just looks like endless fun. It really does. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and and plus the way movies are now, like, it'll be available within, like, the next month or so to to download or get it on digital or whatever. I mean, (laughs) these movies move fast now. I mean, like, Black Phone comes out this month on Blu-ray and DVD. And digital. Yeah, so it's been, these it's movies been out are on quick. digital. It's been out on digital yeah. for like the last month or so. Um, <laughs> yep, yeah, I have it. So these movies move quick. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, these they movies just got that quick. Elvis movie out this week. Um, you know, so that actually, uh, yeah, 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 that, that came out this week now on digital. Uh, oh, the the okay. girl picked that one up. Okay. Uh, I'm waiting for next yeah. week to finally get the Jurassic Park movie because I guess there's a uh, there's an extended edition that is coming out next week that has like an additional yeah. 14 minutes on it. So That's right. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah these movies move quick, so. Yeah. Looking forward yeah, to being able to hear the dialogue. Very looking forward to seeing the Elvis movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's being the great, great Amanda. <laughs> yeah, no, the guy that stole a lot of music. <laughs> you know, never been a fan of Elvis, but you know, Monkey and I have had that conversation where I'm not. Yeah, I was gonna say we're we're gonna open that can of worms on the show right now. <laughs> no, well, that's for another podcast. That'll be for our music podcast where I just I rail on Elvis Presley for like an hour. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Not as great as you guys think. No, yeah, him too. Yeah, him, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash. Like, I'll, I'll make episodes, <laughs> side episodes of Talking Terror. Why these guys aren't as great as you think they are, the podcast. You know, so, like, how Johnny Cash basically died, not from a broken heart, but because he wasn't being taken care of anymore. He died because nobody told him how to take his medication. Ah, <laughs> like, uh, poor Johnny. No, he didn't die of a broken heart because you died. June was telling him he wanted to take his medication. When she died, he's like, well, guess I won't take him. And I thought he hurt himself. <laughs> I, I guess no, I better put out a couple more albums. 
<laughs> see if he can still uh, heal, you know. Mm, so, are we holding off on the Harley Quinn talk until the ghoul catches up, or do you want to talk about it a little bit, Monkey? Uh, all, all I'm gonna say is like, is it, it's out there, uh, ghoul. You know, because you watched seasons one and two, you enjoyed yeah. it. It, uh, what? You, it, I said, yeah. Did you not? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just, it's just, yeah, and it's just, you know, season three picks right up where, uh, you know, season two left off, and it's just fun, and I was just happy to see that they didn't slack in the animation, even though they transferred over to HBO Max from DC Streaming. They make a joke about it. But all the humor's there. Mm-hmm. The animation is still solid. S- same voice actors. Like, n- nothing has changed. It's just, you know, because of COVID, we had that major delay in between seasons. And, yeah, you know, they, they pick you right up where they left off. And, you know, yeah, it's just fun. <laughs> and, yeah, and Bane remains my favorite character. I love King Shark, but this season, I'm all about Bane. Like, man, that's my guy right there. <laughs> Well, I think I need to I will go take, to therapy. I will take my shopping elsewhere. <laughs> wow, yeah, you have a lot of charges here, Bing. Are you depressed? I don't know. Maybe I am. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's just, again, they just put you right back into the ride. And, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm just hoping they put all the crew back together, you know, somehow. Because, it, mm-hmm. you know, we just, I, I it just. You know, we're, we're missing some people, and I feel like we need to sit there and get the crew back. Yeah, it'll happen. You know, I mean, I've, I've watched all four episodes. So, like I said, when the ghoul catches up, we can fully talk about it more. Um, but, yeah, I watched the first four. Episode five drops on Thursday. It's just been such a fun ride, and I love that they're only, like, 20 minutes long. They're quick hits. You know, you're in and you're oh, out. Yeah. It's not like an hour long. You know, I mean, it's, it's fun. They're keeping it funny. Um, bringing a lot of callbacks from season two, which I was happy about with the Joker and everything like that. So we'll talk about that. But speaking of Joker, we do know that in 2024, in October, we're going to be getting Joker 2. Folly no! No! So there were a lot of rumors, no! a lot of rumors about is Lady Gaga going to be in? Is she going to be out? Maybe she's going to be playing Harley Quinn in this musical sequel. Well, it's been confirmed via a teaser video that she is, in fact, going to be playing Harley Quinn in Joker, uh, Folly Adieu, which, again, is going to be a musical-oriented movie. Uh, it's one of those things where we talked about it before, where I said, you know, I don't know if I really can get behind Lady Gaga playing Harley Quinn. But the more I think about it, if they keep in line with what they created with Joker, I could see it paying off. Like, no acid bath for Harley None of that. It's going to take place completely in Arkham. I could see it working a little bit. Not completely, but I could see it kind of working in the confines of Arkham. I just don't want to see Joaquin Phoenix become the Clown Prince of Gotham. Like, that's not Arthur Fleck. That's not Joker. That's not how I see the character. Um, But what do you guys think? Harley Quinn, Lady Gaga, musical, 2024. Cool, you go ahead, because we, we talked about Harley for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, uh, I mean, you guys know I like musicals, so that is not yeah, what yeah. is going to uh, detract me from the film. Um, do I right. 
question as to whether or not that'll fit into the world as presented to us from the first Joker movie, that I might have a question or two in regards to. Uh, You know, I had a lot of... I don't want to say I had doubts, because I didn't. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was going to knock it out the park with the first Joker movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And he absolutely did. I also liked the way that that film was uh, looking like it was going to be presented, which seemed to have that... You know, that that late 70s, early 80s, New York look to it. Um, Yeah. And and they they really, they they did a great job with that movie. Everything was so, so good with it. Uh, I'm not going to doubt them on this one. Is it going to be different? Yeah, obviously. They're going to go a different direction, but I'm going to trust in the director. I'm going to trust in the performers that this is something that is worth doing. You know, I, I don't see... I don't feel like I'm going into this like I would say, like Rob Zombie's H2, you know, where it was like, all right, I'm just going in because I have to make the sequel and I'm going to make it as shitty as humanly <laughs> possible. No, I think they knew that, hey, it's going to be a little, it's going to be difficult to follow up what we did with the first movie. How can we go about presenting similar themes in the second one? And you know what? Playing it out in Arkham and maybe the musical end of it has something to do with the mental illnesses involved. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right on the money with it, King. I think as long as we don't see Joaquin Phoenix become fucking the uh, the <laughs> Joker, uh, I think we'll, we'll be okay. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. And, and again, I had no problem with him. Is that? Go ahead, Monkey. I'm sorry. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, th- that's exactly you know what I wanted to echo. What the ghoul was saying there is uh, again have the musical stuff going in in Arkham, having Harley, you know, show up as Harley, but again not as Harley. Harley Quinzel, and all of this is his downward spiral again into insanity. But at the same time, you do this, and then you're doing the same trick again. Okay, that's the problem. Yeah. How do you how do you fool us the second time? Like, how do you give us more story of? Okay, we know all this musical stuff is great, and it's his downward spiral, and that's how he's coping, and that's how Doctor Quinzel becomes his Hurley, you know, in his head. But again, we're expecting that. We're all expecting that, you know, from this. And if you sit there and then take it into Dark Knight territory, that's when it becomes a problem because this is not supposed to be tied to an actual Batman movie. And if you sit there and then try and tie this into a, you know, DCU universe, that's when it becomes a problem. You know, but we're also those weirdos where it's like, we liked this movie because it was not tied into it. And I've talked to so many people, you know, outside of the show and stuff like that where that's what they wanted. They wanted another DCU movie. And I was like, no, that's what makes this movie so much fun. It's it's not. It's, this is just, you know, the story of a da- downward spiral of an individual lose, losing his mind. It's, it's not about your Joker. You know, this, this is just something else on a different, a completely different level. Oh, completely. And I, I loved how they they fooled with you in the movie where at the end of the movie, he dyes his hair green, he puts on the makeup, and he goes to the Arthur Franklin show, 
um, and he's just having a great time, and then all things happen where he kills the host. But then you cut back to him in the hospital, and his oh, hair is brown again. King. And well, come on, the movie's been out for a while. We we covered it on the show, but you know to have him in Arkham with his hair just regular colored again, and just kind of saying, "Oh, what's that joke? You wouldn't get it." And then you see him running down the the hospital hallways with his feet covered in blood. And you're like, "What the fuck?" And I like that. Like, just fuck with us. You know, so we don't. Unreliable narrator. We have no idea if anything we saw in that movie actually occurred or if he was yes, just exactly. as psychotic and they found his manifesto. <laughs> yep. um, mm-hmm. You know, there could have been so many directions that you can take what we saw there. Um, so I, I really what I'm looking forward to is maybe a little bit of clarity coming through on this, and maybe we mm. will get you know, uh, a definitive where he actually was. Did he kill Murray? Um, you know, that type of deal. Uh, yeah, right. You know, I, yeah, that could be it too. Like, because Never we don't know it. where the movie ended. You know, <laughs> yeah. exactly. None yeah. of that could have happened. Yeah. For all we know, yeah. he got incarcerated shortly after the secret of what would happen at the kids' party. You know, and that's if that yeah. ever yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's any number of directions that that movie can be taken, and, and that's what, again, yeah, fuck the DCU version of the Joker. You know, yeah. whatever, Jared, Jared Leto tried, but, you know, they, they screwed all that up. And they, you know, they're they're, they're going to try to fix it. Um, but, you know, this, is, uh, this, this was a better project. It was a better movie, and, and it was way too entertaining for them to fuck it up, man. Do I think we're going to get another Oscar-worthy level movie? That I think they're probably mm. hoping for, but you know what? I'm not going to put my hopes up that high for it. I just want to be happy with the product when it's done. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. We all want to. Agree. Um, and it's also interesting to note that Zazie Beetz, uh, aside from being a bullet train, which is quite a great character, she's returning in Joker 2 as Sophie, the neighbor of Arthur. So she will okay. be in the movie as the character. So she's coming back. So no idea what she's going to play into as far as that character goes. But as we all know, that was the imaginary relationship that Arthur had for a long time before yeah. coming to the realization that it's not real. And again, this movie played into that so fucking well. Where When it happens, when you realize that it's not real, you're like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't trust this guy to tell a story. <laughs> Unreliable <laughs> narrator, like the ghoul said. You just you can't trust them, and I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what they create uh, again. Jared Leto, like you had said, Ghoul, no, he wasn't a good Joker, but at least he fucking tried. Like reading all the behind the scenes oh. footage of what what he tried to do, you know, tried to get into that mindset of Joker. Like he tried. It's just the execution oh, no, no. just wasn't there. Yeah, the writing wasn't there. Look, I, I don't fault him completely yeah. for it. No. Um, I know I there were either. a lot of uh, a lot of other issues involved with that, but uh, but you know what? That still doesn't explain Morpheus. Uh, I was going to say Morpheus. Uh, Morbius. 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 Whatever. Yeah, Morbius. Uh huh. That was something too. There's been a lot of announcements recently about a lot of uh, shows and movies. I'm going to get into some of that, uh, but one that kind of piqued my interest this week is that Peacock has announced that they have given a straight-to-series order for a coming-of-age thriller titled Hysteria. So in the series, when a beloved varsity quarterback disappears during the satanic panic of the late 1980s, 
a struggling high school heavy metal band of outcasts realize that they can capitalize on the town's sudden interest in the occult by building reputations as a satanic metal band. Until a bizarre series of murders, kidnappings, and reported supernatural activity triggers a leather-studded witch hunt that leads directly to that band. The so devil no made me do it. Yet, the devil made me do it. It's so fucking metal. Like it's so cool to see you, that. You, I think you and your fucking the, satanic panic shit, man. Love it, dude. It's so great. But also, I think they're piggybacking off of Change of Things. I think they're piggybacking off of the success of season four. Gee, you think? <laughs> you know, where it's, well, we have a script, and we can make it work, you know, but it's about a band, and they're like a satanic metal band, and they're going to cause fucking all in this town, and then all of a sudden, you know, they become involved in all these murders. Like, it's just something that stuck with me. I'm like, you know what? I would actually like to see this happen. But as a lot of shows go, you know, they get greenlit, and all of a sudden, nah, we're not doing it anymore. Just realize that it's, you know, not worth our time. But I'm hoping this one sees the light of day because the, the plot sounds fucking metal. So good. It would actually cost money to make. No, we're not going to do it. <laughs> you can see that happening. Peacock being like, you want how much? Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll just uh, do something else. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not um, like, you know, it's Netflix with Zack Snyder. You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to go as far as saying that. I think they're, they're taking it off of Stranger Things. I think we've seen over the last few years a number of movies and TV series play upon either the heavy metal scene or just the 80s in general. I mean, the first thing that yeah. pops into my head is actually that movie with uh, Dario, uh, We Summon the Darkness. You know what I mean? And oh, there's a movie man, that took movie. place, you know, and, and that was well before we saw it in Stranger Things. Um, yes. So I yep. think it's just, it's just one of those things that is kind of hitting that point where, you know, a couple of years ago, we saw the neon 80s return. So now we're kind of like, oh, where do we go mm-hmm. next? Well, guess what? We're going into the, uh, into the darker side of the 80s a little bit here. So, so soon enough, we'll be back to, uh, to, to gangster rap and, uh, and brunch <laughs> years of the 90s. Yeah! Don't worry. Yeah. You know, Tupac, Tupac. We're about probably six, six, seven years away <laughs> from it, and, uh, and we'll be there. I think they say it's like a 20-year thing. Um, yeah. Uh, t- well, we're in this weird-ass thing, man, where if, you know, if you sit there and use the Walmarts as a judge, okay, it's, it's this weird-ass thing where it's like one, one month we're going 80s, next month we're going 90s, the next month we're going back to the 80s. You know, we're in this weird-ass flux right now between 80s and 90s. It's like, you know, because like you were saying, like a couple months ago, you know, the neon shit was back, you know, and that was there. And and then, like, literally, like, within the past month, I saw them sitting there trying to bring overalls, you know, back into the Walmart through women's fashion and shit like that. I was like, what, the fucking 90s are back now with women wearing overalls and <laughs> tank tops <laughs> under him and shit like that? Bro, I had my fucking, Ow. like, dun- dungaree jeans style fucking overalls, bro. That was, a, that was a look. Yeah, but it was 90s. That's what I was just saying. It wasn't oh. 80s. <laughs> oh, no, I know. Well, no, it was, it was late 80s. It was late 80s because I was still living in New York at the time. So that was probably like 88, 89. Oh, okay. yeah, we were We were getting it from, you know what it is, we were kind of getting it from the hip-hop scene. And they, see, we weren't into the into the metal or the uh, the hairband scene in that, in that area, you know. So so I guess the, uh, the hip-hop crowd was a little bit ahead as far as that, that era of, of clothing goes. But yeah, we, we would see it more in 90 and 91 hitting the suburbs. 
Dude, we want to talk about 90s coming back. I'm waiting for True Colors to come back. <laughs> some some hyper color shirts, man. Oh man, hyper color shirts, dude. You have no idea how many girls I piss off back in high school. Sit there, grab their ass, and leave that a handprint. <laughs> Stand there all through their class. <laughs> man, that was the time. You couldn't get away with sexual harassment back then because your handprint was still on their ass. <laughs> yeah, they get home, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no one fucking around. We know what you did, Will. <laughs> what? I didn't do anything. <laughs> no, no monkey has my hands that tiny except for you. Fuck. Caught right again. Monkey ball. <laughs> right on the ass. <laughs> Um, so, all this time we thought he was human. <laughs> he was monkey the entire time. Wow, who would have thought? <laughs> monkey was actually a primate the entire time. He only has four <laughs> fingers. William checked in. <laughs> so, uh, so. The Strangers, as we know, was a movie that was released back in 2007. Scott Speedman with Tyler, Home Invasion. Movie freaked me out when it first came out. Then they got the sequel a couple of years ago, Strangers, uh, Pray at Night. And that was so it. Much fun. Back in 2018, it was like, dude, that movie was so fun. It's underrated, if you ask me. But that was it. Like, it, All right, we told the story. The original. People were dead. We're, yeah, I, I think it's better than the original, Pray at Night. <clears throat> a lot more fun. But, uh there was no more news after that. It's like, okay, well, the characters are dead, so that's it. We're moving on. But just this Monday, it was announced that there is not just one, not just two, but three sequels going into production what? next month for The Strangers. Wow. So there are three, three movies, three sequels going into production next month Damn. with three different directors, including one being Rennie Harlan, who we know directed Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, the Dream Master. So he's going to be directing one of those sequels. So there's going to be three Stranger sequels going into filming next month. So for some reason, like they're like, yep, we're all bored. Do you know if, like, they're supposed to be, like, individual projects, like maybe anthology kind of thing, or are these supposed to be, like, in a series? It sounds like they're going into, like, an anthology type thing because they're being directed by different people. It's not like Ronnie Harlan's going to be directing all three like David Gordy Green with Halloween. These are three sequels to Pray at Night and The Strangers. So they don't really have a lot of details because Roy Lee, who was a producer of Poltergeist, the remake, the It remake from 2017, Blair Witch from 2017, he was on a podcast talking about how all three of these movies are going to production next month. So no details other than that. Just three sequels to The Strangers are going in. So I would think that they might do it something similar to Fear Street that came out last year, where it was three different entries in the Fear Street series, uh, 94, 78, 1866. So we'll see what happens with it. But really kind of uh, crazy, the fact that three Strangers movies are going into production at the same time. Wow. And, okay, yeah. and you never said you never said this before. The first one freaked you out? Oh, yeah. Fucking terrified me, that first Strangers movie. Just to think that there's people out there that just want to get in your house to kill you. They don't have any reason to do it other than at your home. Yeah, it, it freaked me the fuck out. I saw it. 
Uh, you know, I was like, this movie finally is something that I could be critical by. Sorry, Gould, didn't mean to uh, cut you off. What, what were you going to say, brother? Oh, no, no, you're good. I mean, I mean yeah, as far as, uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe interconnected, you know, trilogy of anthology-esque uh, movies might, might work with that, you know? Like, they don't have to be... Uh, you know, like, it doesn't have to be a, a true sequel to, to what we saw right. or a prequel or anything like that. Um, you know, let it be its own thing. Because, yeah, the, yeah, yeah for me, you know, the, I, I always say, like, I, I'd love for a movie to come out that, that is scary. And, you know, I might not have found The Strangers to be scary, um, mostly because I didn't like Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman's performance. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, true. <laughs> Very true. But the... The premise, you know, that, I mean, yes. more than anything, yep. nothing is really as scary as real, li- real life and the kind of yes. shit that yep. can happen. So if it's presented that way, then, then yeah, it can, uh, it, it can at least be a little disturbing. So, and, I, and I'm always up for that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that people online, when they heard the news, they're like, well, you can't do that. All the killers from uh, The Strangers are dead. They died in Pray at Night. Well, why do you have to have those killers back? Like, you can make three new killers. Like, you don't have to have the originals from those two movies. There could be there anybody. There are other strangers That's in the whole world. Point. Strangers are anybody that you don't know. Stranger danger. <laughs> it's the whole point of the strangers is that they are just random people. It's not Jason Voorhees. It's not Michael Myers. Like, they could be whoever they want to be. And that's what I think is the best part about it, is that you can create all new characters in these movies being people who just want to kill. You're home late at night by yourself. They're knocking at the door. They just want to kill you. It doesn't have to be the characters from the first two. And that's when I think it really opens itself up. So a lot of fans are like, yeah, I don't like it. Well, you know what? Then don't watch it. You don't have to. Nobody's forcing you. I'll be watching them. I yeah, can't but... wait. I love that series. Yeah, but exactly like you said, though, it's like we're not talking about killers that are set in stone where it's like they have, um, you know, a deep, deep mythos behind them. We're only talking right. two movies here, you know, of just some fun, fun, random killings going on, you know, going around chasing stupid motherfuckers, making stupid <laughs> fucking decisions. <laughs> you can have mm-hmm. anybody just show up at anybody's house and just have some fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I, apparently people don't like to have fun. Last House on the yeah, West, House on the West, you know, was was, was yeah. just that. It was a couple of fucking people that were just psychotic and liked to hurt and kill people, and that made that and movie disturbing. They, yeah, and they captured two girls that were in the wrong place at the wrong time, and that's what made that movie effective. You know, they are three criminals that did it. I mean, the remake. Uh, I mean, Alexandria Aha did it, and I saw it in theaters. Yeah, it was too too clean, too, too, clean, too pretty. Yeah, too clean. Yeah, it it didn't have that grindhouse feel of the Craven classic from '72. It's like, yeah, you feel like you're watching a snuff film. You know, and and the, the remake, yeah, way too clean, way too, you know, just I don't know. And plus, they killed the crew with a microwave, and I still don't understand how that happened. But they did, you know. They managed to do it. So, you know, I remember walking out of that being like, you know what? I don't feel dirty. Like, so the Hills of were... remake, I felt dirty after watching it, so, yeah. Yeah, was... well, that's because that movie got fucking all kinds of fucked up, man. You watched fucking <laughs> yeah. a Bob get killed. There was all kinds of... Cr- Dude, I love the Hills Have Eyes remake, man. I'm so glad you brought that too. up. It's, 
Like that movie <laughs> yeah. really is I'm just. A huge fan. It's disturbingly fucked up and fun. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to see how fucked up the whole family is. Like once you get into that little town, and oh yeah, it's just, it's amazing. You know, not to say that the original wasn't good, but I think that the remake kind of built upon it. Where it's like we're gonna build on these people. We're gonna make it more violent, more fucked up, and, and it works. I, you know, I saw it in the theater. I was like, man. Everybody needs to be talking about Phil's Dude, and the scene, That's one the of those scene cases with the dog, where I like I'm the, sure I the like king the was remake. crying in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. No, I prefer the remake to that, to, to the original. I thought the, uh, yeah. you know, because I know yeah. we, covered, we covered the original here, and I kind of felt like, yes, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that it was, it was a little too comical as far as just the, the, the performances and portrayals. So I, I kind of like, even though I know that there was a lot of outlandish shit that occurred in the remake, I just like the, the, the more current dramatic feel to it. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I pretty agree. It was one of those rare times where I kind of give it to the remake where I'm like, you know what? Okay. It was good. It was really fucking good. Uh, that one, uh, evil dead, you know, I give a huge, you know, hat tip to because it was something completely different and it worked. So sometimes remakes work. You know, those are two examples I can, I can think of. Um, so I have two more things I want to talk about before we get into the movie for tonight. Uh, one of them being, I've talked about Roy Lee a lot, you know, with the past couple of things I had to talk about. Uh, on the same Boo Crew podcast where he talked about The Strangers and what's coming with the three movies, he was also asked about Friday the 13th. Because we know the lawsuit's over. You know, we don't know what Cunningham and Victor Miller came up with. But apparently he said <laughs> by the end of the year, there's going to be an announcement about news okay. regarding Friday the 13th that he is involved with. So he said, so stay tuned more by the end of the year. <laughs> the news is that <laughs> there is awesome. no news. <laughs> We've been through this so many times. <laughs> but he said that we have... They're working on something, and stay tuned. Because he originally was a part of a Friday the 13th sequel that was going to come out, but it ended up getting scrapped. So apparently he's a part of this new way of Friday the 13th. So he said, stay tuned. We got news. Don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll see. Like you guys said, it might be just like, yeah, we got nothing. Happy New Year, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll go nowhere. Um, you like Friday so, the 13th? We like Friday the 13th, too. There's no movie coming out, but we just wanted to let you know that we like it. <laughs> hey, you guys got any more about uh, Friday the 13th? Christmas <laughs> story, you know. Do you, do you like Santa Claus? <laughs> I like Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, I have a couple of things I want to talk about, but the one I wanted to kind of close out on before we get into the movie um, is there was a project back in the 70s that Hammer Studios wanted to be involved with Toho Studios, the studio behind Godzilla. They wanted to make a Loch Ness monster movie called Nessie. So this is back in 1976, so it ties into the year that we're going to the movie. Uh, So back in 1976 the heads of Hammer wanted to get away from the gothic horror. They wanted to get away from Frankenstein. They wanted to get away from the castles and the vampires and everything they had created. They wanted to get into creature movies. So they decided, you know what, let's make a Loch Ness monster movie. We're going to call it Nessie. And Toho was reached out to by them. And Toho was like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll make the effects. We'll, we'll create something. <laughs> and they actually <laughs> we'll do anything. <laughs> so, 
you know, artists at Toho drew up designs for what Nessie would look like, and they were all about it. They actually announced it in May of 1976 at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, Nessie, it's coming. It's going to be the next big thing in creature movies. Unfortunately, what they didn't tell people is that they had no financing. They couldn't get it from anywhere. <laughs> Nobody wanted oh, to finance no. this movie. So Hammer tried their best. You know, Toho was still involved, but then at the same time, they couldn't find the investment. They couldn't find the financing, and Nessie went by the wayside, and we never got a Loch Ness Monster movie, which I'm okay with because that's the most boring of all the, the cryptids that I've heard about. Like, it's, it's a fucking thing that goes in the water and just kind of floats around, and you might see so it. So does right Godzilla. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but let's the water, man. The fight the monsters. Uh, I've got <laughs> it on, on good authority. Um courtesy of Peacock and the current season of, uh, of Love Island, which is, which is airing. Um, you know, oh, no. You know, you, know how, you know how I love Love Island. So, yeah, new season now. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the USA season. You know, there's, uh, there's, uh, yeah, we're not doing the British version. We, uh, we, we are doing the American oh, okay. version. And, the uh, US. And, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something. Um, <laughs> yes, I, have it, I have it on good authority that the Loch Ness monster. They actually found out that it's possibly a whale, and that really? it's just swimming upside down, and that's its dick popping out of the water. Big <laughs> 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 so fucking cock. <laughs> yep. so, oh, there's Nessie's so, man. Yes. That's a cock. <laughs> well, well time, you know, they, uh, they they just didn't realize that that there was just a fucking whale swimming around, you know, just upside down. All right, whale. well, okay, well, thank you, Love Island, for that lesson in cryptozoology. See, a giant, a giant, a giant Scottish cock just coming up out of the water. Yeah, what's up, ladies? <laughs> it's that Claymore. Drew McIntyre? Oh, no. Kip up. (laughs) (laughs) Drew McIntyre with the Claymore. That's his penis. (laughs) Comes comes running at you. Hits you full out of the face with his dick. No! (laughs) It was so veiny. It's the Scottish bat wing. It's the Scottish brain. So I'm going to close it out with this one because I know that the uh, Dean had brought it up. I know that the monkey might be interested in this because it's General Mills, it's Pillsbury, it's Monster Cereals. So apparently Pillsbury has teamed up with General Mills Monsters, and they plan on releasing Count Chocula and Frankenberry-flavored pre-cut cookies that you can either bake or eat raw. Because, yes, Pillsbury oh. makes dough that you can eat raw now. Not that it ever stopped me before, because I'll just be nah, in my yeah, car like, when did that fucking stop raw dough. No. <laughs> that was a whole thing, man. They, they had places in the mall. Uh, to where you could go and eat. They had, like, raw cookie dough, except it wasn't yeah. actual raw cookie dough. It was just... It wasn't, no. It, it was, like, flavored something, but it wasn't raw. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
somehow they could get away with calling it raw cookie dough, but it wasn't actually cookie dough. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. They have it on the bags now. Safe to eat raw. And it's like, okay, well, how the fuck do you want to do that? Like, don't be that person. Don't be that person that buys it. Like, oh, I can't wait to go home and bake this. But meanwhile, you're sitting in the parking lot just opening it up and just eating it in the car. <laughs> Listening to the sad music. You know, I've heard that person. Crying in your car. <laughs> listening to the cure. Just scooping up cookie dough with your fingers. <laughs> no, cool. She's listening to the cure. <laughs> I don't know what the cure, man. You know, maybe a Sinead O'Connor moment or something. You know. <laughs> Never alone with you. <laughs> Friday in love. Friday in love. There's, there's, there's women sitting in their SUVs listening to Sarah McLaughlin with a spoon, <laughs> just scooping out the, the scooping out the tube. Yeah, I was gonna say singing along. <laughs> Yeah, thinking about all the fucking dogs that are fucking, you know, in cages and places and shit. That's the king, dude. That, that's what the king does. He sits there with a big fucking tube of, of cookie dough, humming that song, oh, yeah. you know, all depressed about the animals out there. You know, you but know, I'm like, 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 I'm that's why I can never go back to the Target by me because I keep sitting in their parking lot every Saturday night at like 10 o'clock. I'm just eating cookie dough, listening to Sarah McLaughlin, just drying my eyes. What about all the yeah, dogs? You, what about all the yeah, dogs? Here. Hey, hey, here. Sir. <laughs> Sir, you can't yes, eat cookie dough yes. in the parking lot. <laughs> we need you to move along, sir. <laughs> you said it's 24 hours and I can sleep here if I need to. <laughs> I made a I made a purchase. Here it is. It's the cookie dough. I made a purchase. <laughs> I bought a pack of gum. I'm allowed to Shop stay here. I have to you, sir. <laughs> you don't know where this came from. That could have come from Walmart down the road. I come to Target because it's classy to cry here. There are SUVs around, not pickup trucks like in the Palm, the Walmart parking lot. There's SUVs, soccer moms. <laughs> It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon, sir. Your face is all red. You've been crying for a couple hours. Just thinking about all the fucking dogs that haven't been saved. What are we doing about that? The sir, fucking arms sir. of the angels. God. <laughs> Officer, just listen to this part. Just open your heart. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's sitting next to me eating the cookie dough, crying. You're right, you're right. You're right. What are we doing? Why are we doing no more? It's all right, man. We just, we just need to get through it. We're going to get through this, he man. Takes a, he takes a bite of cookie dough, and a single tear rolls out from underneath his aviator glasses. <laughs> yeah. I'll just picture the king right. and this fucking this security guard, like, fucking eating fucking cookie dough off of each other's fingers and shit, fucking sobbing and crying. I don't have any napkins. We're going to have to suck it off each other's fingers. That's okay. I will oh. <laughs> it's okay to cry. It's okay to it's okay cry. If it's for the dog. <laughs> okay, so transitioning from dogs to bears, let's get into the next movie. Grizzly oh, from 1976, directed wow. by William Girdler. 
this movie is about an 18-foot bear that gets a taste for human flesh and decides to carve out a path of destruction in a national park. So it's up to a chief park ranger, a naturalist, and a helicopter pilot to take down this bear once and for all. It's kind of like Jaws on land. You'll get there. Uh, so that's <laughs> essentially why I picked it. Later. Because Jaws came out in 75, was a huge hit. I love Jaws. I think it's a fantastic fucking movie. But yes. Grizzly comes out in 76, and it becomes the most well-earning independent movie of that year until Halloween knocks it off in 78. So it earned $30 million at the box office, well outperforming what they thought it would do. And it's a, it's a PG-rated movie, wow. but you got a lot of blood. you got arms and heads and things getting ripped off by this killer bear. <laughs> and it's amazing to see a PG movie where you get all this blood. You get uh, Vicki Johnson, Playmate of the Year for Penthouse in 1977, taking off her clothes and showing off her little tatas and getting killed herself. So there's a lot to talk about with this movie. I enjoyed it, but I want to get what you guys thought about it. So, Ghoul, what do you think about Grizzly? I'd rather not. Um, you know, like, listen, you know how much I, you know how much I love Jaws. I'm a huge Jaws fan. Uh, I know yeah. the history of of Grizzly too. You know, I think everybody yes. does. There's been documentaries on it. You know, the movie that never got <laughs> yeah. made, and blah 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 blah. And it just finally came out like recently, and all that shit. Um, like, look, mm-hmm. I, I knew this movie existed, and shit. There may have been a time or two that I might have caught this on, like you know, like the late night movie or some shit. Like when I first saw like the original Willard and Ben and stuff like that. Um, I just. Uh, yeah, now nah, you know what? I have no patience for Jaws, like just copycats, and 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 I just I can't. It, this this movie just frustrated me. It was too slow at times. It was boring. The characters were just not fun. Um, the bear was, you know, the bear was cool. I didn't mind him, but uh, but aside from that, yeah, I, I couldn't fit <laughs> without it all. All right. So, Monkey, what you think about Grizzly? Dude. <sighs> I gotta admit, man, for me personally, this was like the most traumatizing movie we have ever covered. You want to know why? It's because it was about camping in the 70s, man. And you know how much I fucking hate camping. Everywhere I look at this movie, (laughs) aluminum frame backpacks, aluminum frame tents, cheap-ass sleeping bags, heavy-ass rucksacks. Dude, this movie was, like, giving me major, like, flashbacks and PTSD of camping in the 70s and 80s, man. But we'll talk more about that shit during the fucking movie. Believe me. But as far as the movie, I pretty much felt like it was watching any outdoor kind of movie from the 70s. Like, I I thought it was, you know, solid casting for our our core group of characters. Like, you know, know, they they were done well of a group of friends who give each other a hard fucking time. So, and they're joined together by their love of the landscape. You know, kind of like us, but with horror <laughs> movies and comic books. My only gripe yeah. was, if you will, I wanted more time on the actual scenes of Carnage. Like, this movie is about a killer bear. So how about you show yeah. us the fucking killing bear, killer bear getting nasty as hell and making our skin crawl? I mean, that would have been really, really nice to just give us some nice, nice... Ne- you know, nasty scenes of just really, really getting into it. But that's about yeah, it. So, Kim, yeah. what did you think of this, I, man? Well, I, I said what I thought about it, but I agree with you on that. I mean, there are some great scenes of gore, and then there's some where you're like, I wish they had done more. So I agree with you there. 
um, and we'll talk about it. I mean, it's 1976. Are you going to get a kid uh, mauled? Yeah. It's going to pay off. We're going to see that. <laughs> so, you know, in a PG-rated movie. We saw it the year before. Uh, so in the movie... Yeah, well, yeah, but this one, you get the your leg ripped off. Boy. And the yeah. Kidner Boy was enough. even better because the Kidner Boy was better because his mom was creepy as shit. Listen, the Kidner was, yeah, she was like just as scary old. as that fucking shark, mm. man. <laughs> yeah. So, you okay, okay, with so, a helicopter pilot. Okay. Okay, so uh, if I could jump in real quick, okay, because you were talking about the reason I sit there, and one of the one of the many many reasons I fucking hate camping. My very very first memory of camping, you were talking about the dean with his fucking bear. Okay, is my very very I see you not. I was like four years old, have a memory of this. Is we were at a campground, we sit there and went up to the campgrounds in my dad's cop car. Okay, and we're hanging out as a family there at the campground. And then a bear comes through the fucking campground because we have, we have food. Everyone fucking scatters except my brother who grabs me and pulls me under the fucking picnic table. Meanwhile, the bear is on top of the fucking picnic table, pounding <laughs> on the fucking picnic table. <laughs> because we also have the fucking camping. picnic basket. Because my stupid fucking brother brought the fucking picnic basket with us. All right. So there we are under the fucking table with the food and me as the smallest thing in the, you know, in the family. You know, so then, you know, my dad goes to sit there and rush to his fucking pol- police car because that's what we wrote it. He sits there and my mom now has a shotgun ready to fucking fire because it was there in the fucking stop. And my dad sits there and... Then lights up every fucking light, every fucking siren that's on the fucking cop car, and this bear fucking takes off like a bat out of hell and leaves like a ten foot wide by ten foot tall, you know, hole in the fucking woods as it fucking tore out of there. All right, so this is example number one of why I fucking hate camping, King. Let's get into the movie. Well, let's, uh, let's get into Grizzlies. Uh, so the movie opens with a helicopter pilot, Don Stober. He's flying two men over the vastness of the trees in the national park, and he's telling the men about how the area is untouched and remains much as it did back during the time of the Native Americans. And you can't really do anything with it. I mean, I know you guys want to come in here and do your thing, but come on, look at all this. And then we cut to the helicopter flying through, and then we cut to the orchestral music from the Orchestra of London, where it's like, nature, science, technology, why is it, how is it, what is it? And you just get that nice theme as it goes into the Indian Springs Lodge where we see a bunch of campers coming in with all their 70s equipment, like the monkey was saying, you know, ah! buffalo horns, you know. Wow, there's plenty of time here. No bears, no problem. Definitely not here. So let's go check in with nope. National Park's Chief Michael Kelly <laughs> as he's ready to give a briefing. So, yeah, uh, guys, listen, keep an eye on all the campers, all right? Wait, there's no way we can keep an eye on all the campers. Yeah, well, you know what? Just do it. Great talk. Great pep talk. Can't wait. <laughs> Thank you, Chief Kelly, for that wonderful pep talk about how we're going to take care of this season of campers. So you want to give me some more men, lodge. you know, to possibly do this job? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. We're just going to get, you know, sexy uh, Vicki Johnson who plays Gail, and we're going to get Ranger Tom who plays the part in the later uh, scenes, but nothing more about the others. Like, they just kind of disappear at some point, <laughs> never to be seen again. Um, we cut to a lodge where the owner is dealing with bills as he's confronted by his daughter Allison about everything, and he's like, I ah, don't worry about it. You know, I pay what I pay. It's all going to be good. You just need to focus on your work as a photographer. 
And then Chief Kelly appears with all his Christopher George level of charm. Hey, you kind of spoiled, huh? Oh, man, you're going to get in them pants. Yeah, Kelly. That's how you do it. It's like one of those things where Christopher George, back in the late 70s, early 80s, he's a lot like Tom Atkins without the mustache, where Tom Atkins, whiskey and cigars, Christopher George, gin and cigarettes. That's all you need to make the comparison to. (laughs) They are awfully strange when it comes to hitting on people. You know, Christopher George with his wide mouth grin and also Tom Atkins with the stash. But if you ask me, the stash wins every time. Sorry, Christopher. Rest in peace, but you can't do it. So, mm-hmm. often in Happy Go Lucky Woods we go. There's two female campers and they're having way much more fun than two women in a feminine hygiene commercial. Just having fun and dancing and we're going to oh, get back yeah. to our campsite. We walk 10 miles. There's a campfire that's already lit. Okay, so nobody was tending to the campfire. No worries. It's fine. They hear a rustling in the trees, and out comes Ranger Sex Machine on horseback. Hey, what's going on, ladies? All right, all right, all right. What are you guys doing? (laughs) Well, we're packing up camp. We're going to get ready to leave. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe I should warn you about some things that are going on. Why are you unbuttoning your shirt? No reason. You need to stay cool. Oh, cool. All right, well, we're going to well, go. Why, okay. is there, why is an Irish Spring commercial opening up in the air? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes riding off. So after this, we go into grizzly vision as we hear heavy breathing from a bear making its way through the woods. Ah, uh, grizzly vision. <laughs> they're getting ready to, to pack up, and they're putting out the fire. One of the girls, Gail, decides she has to go to the bathroom. So she grabs a roll of toilet paper and goes out. Well, she always has to go to the bathroom when it's time to clean up. (laughs) (laughs) So the bear, which hasn't really been doing anything as far as making a good impression on anybody, you know, heavy breathing, sounding like he's been drinking all night. But at the same time, this bear, (sighs) as we have seen, is the most silent fucking bear. Nobody knows Dude. when it's coming. Because... <laughs> <laughs> we so hear it breathing, time. but nobody else can. <laughs> it's not like it's 18 yeah. feet fucking tall, you know, which would probably make it somewhere around like 8 to 10 without it fucking standing up. <laughs> so <laughs> we see the, the grizzly vision once again, where all of a sudden it's circling the woods acting like me after drinking all night, looking for my cigarettes and the sub sandwich out of my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, oh, where's the Taco over Bell leftovers? And all of a sudden, the bear jumps up onto a tiny leg, rips off the girl's arm as she screams as mauled to death. But luckily, June, who comes running back after not going to the bathroom, oh, my God, no, my friend's dead. I'll go. Take the safety of that shack over there that's made completely out of balsa wood. No way that bear's getting in here. Nope. Good thing I had those enchiladas. Yeah. So she stumbles apart. She stumbles upon Jason's shack from Friday 13th Part 2 and decides that's going to be where she's going to hide. So she Uh, slams the door. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. (laughs) <laughs> so she's like, all right, it's going to be fine. The door's locked. No way that bear's going to figure out how to get through that door that I locked. All of a sudden, bam, we see the claws come through. Snap into a Slim Jim. And she's like, oh, no, I'm dead. And she falls into the camera. Oh, yeah. Just flash. <laughs> <laughs> so 
But I, I mean, but I will give the film this. It's like you know, it doesn't waste any time. If you know, yeah, after we have our beautiful panoramic opening, yeah, it gets right into it. You know, so I'll give it that. It does. It really does. Um, so after the girl is dead, we cut back to Allison and Chief Kelly. We're in the woods. Allison's taking pictures, and Kelly's sitting in his jeep. And man, is that sexual tension strong? He's like, hey. What do you think about me doing this smile? And she's like, I kind of like it. He's like, I know you do. I'm like, oh, God, why don't you got this fuck already? Um, but they don't because <laughs> Ranger Tom arrives, and he's like, hey, listen, uh, in R4, the couple girls have gone missing. We should probably go check it out. So they do. They all go out to the campsite to find out what happened. Kelly decides that he's going to check the shack first because it seems okay. The door's locked. He can't Hello, get in. Shack. <laughs> <laughs> So he goes around to the side where the attack took place. And I was almost kind of hoping at this point that the bear fixed all the wood planks so that everything was fixed by the time that they got there. So he's going to Home Depot, <laughs> buying all these planks, hammering everything in place. He's like, I'm not taking the fall for this. <laughs> you know? I'm like, wow, uh, nothing happened here. <laughs> you know, obviously, there was no attack that took place. But unfortunately, June's bloody body falls in front of Kelly. And he's like, oh, fuck. So that's not really good. Um, so that night, the rangers go in search of the other girl. They found nothing. You know, hey, guys, remember, we could be looking for pieces of her at this point, so just keep that in mind. It's like, oh, cool, so let's look for a hand or a leg or whatever. And it's, I mean, we don't have to find her intact. We just have to find something. So we can be like, hey, look, yeah. I a head. And that's good. <laughs> found her. Head bone connected to the knee bone. <laughs> <laughs> so... Kelly tells some hunters, you know, he's not going to rest until they find this other girl. Like they found the one dead, not going to rest until they find the other one. She doesn't have to wait long because Allison goes off and she's taking pictures, and then she just falls right into a puddle of the missing girl. About 10 feet oh, away. Oh, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> I found the puddle. <laughs> Big fucking puddle. Is <laughs> it full of splooch? <laughs> I'm not sure if this is girl or just... You know, menstrual cycle, I'm really not sure. <laughs> but what's great is that the bear provides burial service for his victims. Like, having no problem digging a grave and just dumping the body in there. He's like, listen, I'm sorry, I, I was hungry. Uh, uh, let me dig you a grave real quick. Well, so like, well, what we get in dialogue is that bears like to bury their food for later. So yes. they stash yep. it, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, like a picnicka basket. Um, yeah, I was really hoping that when, like, he went into the, uh, into the shack, I was hoping that the bear, like, actually had stashed the bodies. Like, you know, like, was, like <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, like, as crazy as this is, right? Like, I know this movie is a Jaws ripoff. I know this movie yes, is called yeah. Grizzly. I was watching this movie hoping that maybe there was, like, a killer who was trying to make this look like Bear and <laughs> That awesome. Like he's just trying to make it look like it was a bear. Oh, man, people. see, there you like, go. <laughs> giving this movie way more credit than it deserves, cool. Uh, I, I was go, just trying to write this into a better movie. Something more. It 
would have been so much more fun. Like, I would love to the watch the Rangers, like, trying to, like, the Rangers trying to explain away, like, how, like, you know, how the girl gets strung up on top of the pole. That's some bear. He must be really <laughs> smart. Like, all of these, like, stupid explanations just so that at the end when they're like, oh, it was Mr. Peterson dressed up as a bear. God damn you kids. I didn't want them taking over my forest. Like, that guy is Okay, but on the flip side, okay, then we get introduced to our other dude who likes to go around drive, running around in deer skin. See, that would have been a cool ass yeah. fucking spin if it had turned out that he was, like like you were saying, dude, a fucking serial killer in the fucking woods. And he was doing this as a way to try and preserve the woods. He was doing the Tom Green before Tom Green was doing the Tom Green. You know, like, as soon as I saw <laughs> yeah. that, I was like, holy shit, this is Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> yep. Um, so Dr. Hallett, the coroner, talks to Chief Kelly, and he thinks that the two girls came across a bear cub, and they were killed by the mama bear. And Kelly doesn't understand this because there have been plenty of food for the bears. Bears don't kill people. Like, they just they have food. They don't have to worry about humans until they do, which is what happened. So then we get introduced to Park Supervisor Charlie Kittredge, who reminded me a lot of the Dean from Animal House. He was like, oh, don't <laughs> I was going to say, what's the Dean? <laughs> oh, damn, you're <laughs> yeah. being cold. <laughs> we... <laughs> so, yeah. So he shows up, and he's essentially like the mayor character from Jaws, like, you know, the ghoul had said. I mean, this is the Jaws ripoffs, so and now you have Kittredge, who is the Park Supervisor, who's like, well, I need answers, Kelly. What are you talking about? What's going on? And he's like, well, the bear killed two girls, and we're going to figure out what happened. And he's like, God damn it, you better. He's like, because I need answers. And I think this is your fault, by the way, Kelly. I think I'm placing the blame on you. He's like, what the fuck? Like, we put all the bears <laughs> in the high country. And he's like, well, obviously it didn't work. Uh, so you better uh, call your friend there, Arthur Scott, and figure out what the fuck happened. He's like, because I'm blaming both of you. And he's like, well, oh, damn it. I'm going to have to call my friend. <laughs> you can't those bears. I mean, it's fine. Man. I don't care about your kittredge. Yeah. The bears. <laughs> and immediately a radio report is put out about how there's a killer bear on the loose. So I love the scene of all the campers fleeing from the fucking woods en masse. Dude, running down the fucking <laughs> trails like through the wilderness. Oh, man. Funny. You know, because nobody would do it in like an orderly, like, normal fashion. No, absolutely not. Everybody would just come bolting down like it's the first day of summer camp. <laughs> and, and again, and though, it's like, how, how did this mm-hmm. message get to them? How did how did they get this message? You know, because I doubt they had TA systems wired throughout the entire fucking forest going, you know, Oh, there's a killer bear, there's a killer bear, everyone please evacuate the mountain. There's a killer bear. <laughs> no. Uh, everybody had small transistor radios and they were all tuned to the park channel. It's the, ni- yeah. it's the 1970s. No, it is the 1970s. They could barely, they could barely afford those shitty ass knapsacks with the fucking aluminum framing. They could not, not everyone could afford two-way radios. <laughs> you know, they, 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 handed, they handed them out to you when you arrived at the park. That's yeah. why how everybody. You had lie. They didn't give you Safety. shit. They didn't even have Safety running water in those goddamn mountains. Safety was a concern <laughs> in the 70s, don't you know? Everybody. Oh, yeah. Everybody's safe. 
bullshit. Those backpacks were made to kill you. <laughs> if you rolled down the mountain wrong, you would be wrapped up in aluminum and you would die. <laughs> <laughs> so as the, the, the campers flee from, you know, the area, we have in a Kelly fun way. trying to reach out. To, <laughs> yeah, so we have Kelly trying to reach out to Scotty. He can't find out where he is because he's in the wilderness. He's on a job. And then eventually he does, but, of course, this causes Scotty to get up on his job where he's dressed as a deer trying to get close to deers. He's like, God damn it, I was just about to bang that deer. What the fuck do you want? He's like the deep of the mountains. <laughs> he's like, I was living Ouch. with them for months. I was eating with them. I was mating. I, well, I shouldn't say that part, but I was doing something. God damn it. Like, All right, so. And we were getting really close. Back here. <laughs> so, Sometimes Kelly you just got to get back. inside the animal, okay? Sometimes you got to get inside the animal. Listen, Scotty, <laughs> you need to come back. we got some things to talk about. So after he finishes with Scotty, then all of a sudden, hey, listen, more sexual tension between Allison and Kelly because he's like, hey, you know what? Yeah. I used to be a mercenary, you know that? I used to be a mercenary. It was a real good job, and then I met a girl, and became a park ranger. What do you think about that? And she's like, I want to suck your cock right now. And he's like, yeah. She's like, no, I'm not really kidding. Like, ah, damn it. So close. So close. It's like, ah, right. no. Nah. You're like 80. You got the 70s pew action going on. I know you haven't trimmed that shit forever. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not going down on that yeah. at all. <laughs> so the hunt for the bear continues, and we see Ranger Tom with another ranger played by Victoria Johnson, who I said was the penthouse playmate of the year for 1977. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm just so I'm just so tired. And you think I need to take a break. And he's like, why don't you go take a break? I'll be back and just we'll meet up again. She's like, okay. So while Killer Bear's on the loose, she decides to strip off all of her clothes. Meanwhile, PG movie. And we get to see boobies in a PG movie, which I love because it's 76. And they are great. She decides to climb up to a waterfall. She's like, oh, my God, this is a perfect day. I hope nothing happens. And the killer bear's like, oh, I hope fucking yeah. 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 kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see a big old bear claw go across her mouth and drag her behind. Like, this fucking grizzly is like Jason Voorhees before Jason Voorhees existed. <laughs> I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> I'm going to be Jason Voorhees before he even exists. Yeah. So. Check <laughs> out this sweeping bear right. trick. <laughs> yeah, and uh, of course, you know, the, the entire waterfall turns red because, again, you know, blood all over the place she led because he came out of fucking nowhere to take her out. Yeah, but I love the fact that when she's stripping off her clothes, you can hear the bear, you know, breathing really heavy, looking at her. He's like, oh, yeah, baby, take it off. Take it yeah, off. Oh, yeah. Get it all fucking hot. Do it for the grizzly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, he's getting hot. <laughs> he wants to check this Daddy out. Bear. Never take it off Daddy. underwear, because if she did, it would be a huge bush. <laughs> Papa Bear likes this. Yeah. yeah. Give me that honey. Going, man. <laughs> Papa Bear wants his honey, baby. <laughs> you know, and... He kills her. <laughs> Kelly laments over it. And then he decides to contact Stober so they can get up into his helicopter and just look over the grounds of the woods, seeing if they could find that bear. And, of course, Kelly discovers something that he thinks is the bear, but instead it's just Scotty. He's like, hey, I've been living in these deer skins for, like, two years. I probably stink like shit, but, hey, what's up, guys? You want to talk about the bear? You want to talk about how old it is? Because it's, like, a 1,000 years old? 
And it's like, you know, 15 feet tall and probably weighs 3,000 pounds. We're like, no way, dude. He's like, yeah, dude, way. And they're like, okay, I believe you. So let's go find it. <laughs> like, he has all this knowledge of, of the bear, and he's like, oh, it's prehistoric, and holy shit, this is going to be great. Um, well, so we cut to the night. Well, yeah, that's where the movie gets a little bit hazy with its dialogue. He's not saying mm-hmm. the bear is prehistoric. He's just saying that it's descended it's from a lineage of, you know, species of bear that would have been around in that time. Um, but again, it's all just fucking mumbo jumbo bullshit anyway. You know, they're just they're just trying to explain to you why there's a fucking gigantic grizzly that somehow has survived however many fucking years eating God knows fucking what that suddenly has developed a taste for human being out of nowhere. And I love the fact that they call the bear the Ursa Harabalus. Like, it's clearly made up for the movie, but I'm like, I would love to see it. Oh, a horrible bear? Okay, great. <laughs> That's what it is, Ursa Harbalis. Um, so we cut to the night, and we see a bunch of people bear just, set up just hanging out. <laughs> okay. All right. and, okay. okay. No, wait, wait. Yeah, I'm jumping yeah. in here, all right? Because, yeah, like you yeah, said, yeah. It's cutting into the middle of the night, all right? And you've got this ugly-ass motherfucker getting ready to start hook up with this cute, cute chick, all right? <laughs> I don't know about you. you. Mm-hmm. Ugly mm-hmm. Ass. Like, 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 look, like, like look at grandma, bro. That looks like a chick. <laughs> I know. 70 years old. <laughs> okay, and you got this yeah, ugly yeah. motherfucker. Okay, and okay, and this is another reason I don't go camping. Okay, is because all right, we're older, camping. Man. All right, all right, and uh, there's like no fucking washrooms around at all. Okay, and you, we know that pussy stank, and we know my dick is stank. Oh, yeah. You, so we know. So, and uh, we know that you, you know, know King and I, King and I. We love eating the pussy, all right? King and I, oh, we yeah. love eating the pussy. And then it's going to fucking happen. You got some 1970s bush that's been hanging out in some 1970s bush on the side of a mountain. And we're not going down on that shit, okay? And we know you no. sure as fuck are going, going down on this shit because it's nasty as fuck. All right, no, no, uh, no, 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 we are not the same, man. You gotta do that shit, man. You gotta go. You do. Yeah, you gotta it might eat. be stanky. It might have some extra flavor, man. But you know what? That, that's what it's all about. You might find a oh, fucking okay. yeah, worm yeah, or two down there. Man, but then she's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna break out this perfume. That'll make everything cool. That'll make everything cool. Is that no? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's going to clear up all the stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. No shit is going down on the side of this fucking mountain. No. And that's and another reason you. I don't go fucking camping. No, because on top of that, I know you didn't something. Trim that shit down. All right. I know you didn't fucking shave those legs because there's no fucking bathroom around. So fuck nope. no. Hey, shit going down tonight, baby. No. Hey, you know what? When you're in the moment and you're going down, you just got to turn your mind off. You got to think with your dick for a second. You got to think you're going to get laid. So you just got to turn your mind off to everything and just focus on that pussy and just go down and eat. Because, man, just, it doesn't matter. It might smell. It might be a little different. But at the same time, you're you got to turn your mind off. Like, do breath. Take a deep <laughs> breath and you do your best to not breathe. You know, you laugh a little bit. 
then you got to kind of pull up. You got you to play it right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to play it like you're saying something dirty or sexy to her. This way, what you're really doing is getting a breath without that stank. But, you know, and, and listen, I'm sure the ladies got to do the same thing, you know? They're like, they're trying not to fucking puke because they got your fucking sweaty Jimmy Jam fucking ding-dong up down in their throat. But, well, okay, maybe halfway in your mouth. I mean, if we're going to be realistic for everybody else. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so, so, so yeah, man, yeah, it goes both ways. But, you know, no, you know what? I've been camping many a time. I've been in hot, nasty-ass tents with fucking, again, with hot girls, man. And you know what? You just got to do what you got to do. You really do. I'm, I'm behind that. But so she goes in, like the, the monkey had said, she freshens herself up. You know, the guy outside, he's finishing up his schlitz. He's like, oh, man, this is going to be great. This is the first time I'm ever going to get laid. I'm like, fuck it out. Man, I can't wait to know what sex is finally. This is going to be great. I mean, men, I mean, she's he looks like a fucking virgin. Like, you wouldn't fucking believe. Finally, somebody besides Bob. I'm going to see boobs for the first time tonight. This is fucking awesome. I can't wait to tell my buddies about this. All right, I'm going in. But, no, he doesn't have the chance to do it because the bear attacks her and kills her in the tent, much like Jason did. Jason goes to hell, Maureen. He's so upset. <laughs> He's so fucking upset. He's like, no! <laughs> I was going to give it Who's going to look at my dick now? <laughs> I know. Just looking on in the horror. He's like, that was the first person who said yes out of fucking every woman here who said no. She said yes. And that was gone. Hey, it's gone. And he yeah, worked the entire side of the mountain. <laughs> that was the only one that said yes. I'm the bear of virginity. I'm just keeping you safe. <laughs> he should have been the one to kill the bear. He should have been the one at the end of the movie that shows up and he's like, fuck you, bear. <laughs> Roger, you were too sexy to have sex in this forest. Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> so Kittredge shows up after all this, and Kelly and him have a back and forth about how Kelly wants the park to be closed so he can go ahead and take care of the bear. Kittredge is like, yeah, you're not doing a good job. So, you know, let me take care of it because you obviously aren't. And that's when we find out I'm that a bunch of the beach on the 4th of July. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the park stays open. So despite the no hunting signs, a bunch of amateur hunters show up, and they go ahead and decide to pay Kittredge another visit, and he's like, yeah, I fucking told him to come because they need to take care of it, and they're going to do it. He's like, God damn it, they're not. They're going to get themselves killed. He's like, well, maybe not. Maybe by the power of Schlitz, they're going to kill this fucking thing, and then you're fine. <laughs> no, no, you don't you think about the power of Schlitz. All right, because that's what the virgin was drinking before his girl got slaughtered. So don't you say about the power of slits. This is obviously we a bad mojo thing on this mountain. A, uh, a Halloween-esque, like, killing spree of these hunters. You know, like getting taken out yes. like, in the night yes. as the bear is, like, stalking them. Like, if you actually read the description of the movie, the description of the movie tells you about a bunch it's, of drunken yeah. hunters. And they're, like, yeah. not even really in this movie. They're like, yeah, hey, look no, at those guys. No. They're drunken hunters. And look, they're gone. Yeah. yeah. They're gone really yeah, quick. You know, but 
Yeah. We needed a yeah, yeah, I agree. We need a much higher body count than just the one that we get <laughs> or, you know, almost one that we get. Like we like you said, man, it should have been like, you know, if we're gonna do some Jason Voorhees shit, go ahead and do some Jason Voorhees shit and just you know, work your way down the mountain. But at the same time it's like, holy fuck, man, we're talking nineteen seventy six. How many fucking M one grands are we gonna stare and see in this fucking movie? Because every other fucking hunter in this movie had a fucking M one grand. It's like did everyone oh, fucking inherit okay. their fucking Yeah. <laughs> did everyone fucking inherit their grandfather's shit from World War Two? Because that's yep. what everyone fucking had. I guess so, yeah. Probably. You know, yeah, it wouldn't make um, sense. But we see we see the amateur hunters coming in. You know, they're ready to go. One of the hunters escapes the grizzly by jumping into the water, and he gets away safe and clean. Um, <laughs> but I do love the fact that Kelly, <clears throat> Kelly, when he's confronting Kittredge, he's like, God damn it. We have to get in there. We have to do this. You need to get rid of them. I was like, you know what? Maybe if you guys kissed a little, maybe that would help. Because they got so close to each other. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to kiss. They're going to be like, you know what? I fucking love you. I love you, too. I'm like, that one is Way weird, but it's 76. It's PG. We yeah. can get away with it. Yeah. Just fondle. Just fondle a little off screen. Because Allison's oh, not going to give it up to you, Kelly. So you might as well go up to They're, they're memory men. They, they don't kiss each other. Only men don't kiss. Yeah, well, in this movie, they, I think anything should go. You know, but, so, so they load, anyway. load shotguns and use Old Spice. They touch tips. So... And... <laughs> I like the way you pitch it and bite this. I like it too. So that night, three hunters are sleeping in their campsite, not worried about any type of bear. There's not one staying up to, in case the bear comes. No, they're all asleep. Yeah, no one's yeah, no one, no one taking watch. Nope. No, they're fine. So the we see the grizzly too. vision, but it's not quite grizzly vision because one of the one of the hunters is woken up by apparently an adorable grizzly cub. And Nick Offerman, who I said, looks like Nick Offerman from Ron Swanson, Parks and Rec. He looked just fucking like him. (laughs) If you've ever seen Parks and Rec, he looked just like Ron Swanson. So, oh, Ron Swanson's movie? 76. But he decides that they could use the cub as bait and lure out the grizzly. Great idea. Nothing's going to go wrong with this plan. It's going to be fine. So they wait for the grizzly to see if the trap will work. The grizzly does show up, but instead of the trap working, the grizzly just eats the bear cub. Like, what the oh, fuck? No. <laughs> well, it's definitely not a female bear because male bears are cannibalistic. So, shit. And now we know that much. So the hunters Bug. agree to help out Kelly to fuck In up the, the bear. Which allows the angels. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that poor bear cub. So Ranger Tom gets sent to the fire lookout tower. Nothing can possibly happen to you. You're in a fucking fire lookout tower. Just go up yeah. there and just, you know, reconnaissance. You know, look out for the bear. Tell us when it's coming, and, and we'll we'll get it. And he's like, you know what? Okay. I'm only three days away from retirement. That's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just hang out there. Be, be in the fire tower like Jack Kerouac, and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Getting too old for this shit. So, we find out from Scotty that he doesn't want to kill the grizzly. He wants to sedate it. And then he wants to capture it, and then that way he could study it. So, of course, Don Silver's like, <laughs> nah, that's not going to take down a grizzly. you got to get down so it's on its knees and do it. It's not going to do anything. He's like, yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. It's like all of a sudden now you're seeing the relationship of Quint and Hooper from Jaws. 
Stober, <laughs> Quinn, and then you have Scotty being, you know, Hooper. And then you get the yeah, story. Except, you get the except not, quite, that story. not quite as cool as Quint. You know, and, and like mm-hmm. I know we've spoken about Jaws, you know, ad nauseum. And I know recently, and it's funny too, because somebody asked me just a couple weeks ago, and this was prior to a recent interview with Tarantino. Somebody asked me, like, yeah. what, in my opinion, is like, you know, not just my favorite movie, but what do I think is the best movie? And within, like, yeah. you know, probably less than 30 seconds, I turned around and my answer was Jaws. You know, one, it yeah. is my favorite movie. I love that movie. But mm-hmm. two, that's a movie in which, you know, everything ended up working so perfectly because of all of the failures yeah. that occurred. And it still mm-hmm. came out as a success. They took what went wrong and somehow turned that into a positive. Um you know, the, the, the characters throughout the Jaws film, you know, like, like I've spoken about in the past, too, you know, each one of them I've had at some point or another were my favorite character, you know, and as a kid, it was, it was Chief Brody, you know, and as I got a little bit older and, and I was starting to get into, like, the idea of maybe being a veterinarian or something or, you know, like a marine biologist, like I think every fucking teenager or kid thinks of at some point or another, I liked the Hooper character. And then as I got older, older, and became like a, a, a grown adult, I started to realize that, you know what, fucking A, man, Quint was not all that wrong about shit. That fucking grouchy nope, motherfucker just saw some shit, and, and you know what, he had a vendetta and a reason for having that vendetta. And then here we have Grizzly, where this fucking <laughs> helicopter pilot decides to tell us some fucking Native American story about a fucking roaming, a roaming heard of killer grizzly bears that fucking like rampaged through some Native American village. And finally though at the end, I thought, okay you know, because again, I'm thinking, wow, the whole fucking, the whole Indianapolis story, it's the whole fucking Quinn story. And then he gets to the end and he's like, yeah except, you know, one of them survived. I was waiting for him to be like, it was me. But no, no, that doesn't go there either. You know what I mean? Obviously this asshole wasn't around Four or five hundred fucking years ago, when this happened, so it was just infuriating. I love the fact that he ends that story. Don Stober, the helicopter pilot, ends that story with saying, "Your mom would be very disappointed with you if she knew that you were trying to hunt down this big grizzly and capture it and you know study it." And he's like, "Yeah, well, your mom would be disappointed because you exist." And he's like, "Wow, okay, too far, too far." It's such a weird way to end the conversation. Your mom would be disappointed in having you as a son. He's like, wow, all right. And so that was fucking uncalled for. Yeah, um, yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, and just, you know, and, yeah, and uh, like lame ass fucking burns. Fuck like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, at, now when we yeah. sit there and start to get some story for, you know, Stober here is that I, I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing here. And it just really, really yeah. reminded me of a dude I used to play poker with. He was a super fucking cool guy, you know, super laid back, you know, Native American background as well and stuff like that. It's just, again, we start to see here that Stober really, really cares about the rest of his team. And, yeah, you know, he, does. he, yeah. he and, you know, why he was trying to play it cool and collective the rest of the time is that now we see he's willing to start to throw his chips in, too, to do what needs to be done. He is kind of a cool character in a lot of ways. He's not Quint, like, to, to the goal's point. He's not Quint. But, you know, he is kind of a cool character within this world of the movie. 
Um, but we cut to the next day, and we have Ranger Tom in the fire lookout tower. And then the bear shows up, and he's like, I fucking hate water towers. And he just starts attacking the fire lookout tower. Fuck this thing. it down. And Ranger Tom is screaming into the radio, please help me, please help me. The grizzly's here. So, of course, Kelly and Scotty and Sober have to get to the tower, but they're too late. Because the bear tears apart the tower, Tom falls to his death, and they're like, "Wow, ah! God, that's fucked up." <laughs> you know, no, then, yeah, and no, and no Star Wars scream. Oh wait, that's too early. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that scream. You know, knows what but, I'm talking uh, about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the that's been used in Indiana Jones, a ton of movies. I forget what it's called, but yeah, there's a scream for that. But uh, <clears throat> they cut back to the lodge. <laughs> And we see a fake Stephen King being interviewed by fake Geraldo Rivera going, what do you think about the bear? <laughs> he's like, well, I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's kind of not. I don't know. I've never seen a bear before. And he's like, that's very interesting. But meanwhile, Kelly is talking to Kittredge. And finally, Kittredge is like, you know what? All right, fine. I'll close the park. I'll do what you need to do. We need to take care of this bear. And Scotty, who had just been rudely interrupted by eating his fucking lunch, Coca-Cola representing in this scene. He's like, you know what? Fine. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'll, just, I'll leave. I don't care. I can do it. <laughs> you know? Like, thank you, Scott. He fucking so he his uh, sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, they finally decide that they're going to close the park. And then Allison shows up once again. You get that little sexual tension between them. It's like, God, this yeah. is fucking right. Let's just have a love scene. Or it's like, I need to kill this bear, but first, let's fuck. We can show you a lot, but we yeah. can't show you that much. <laughs> so we have Scotty deciding he's going to hunt down the bear on his own. Like, fuck you guys. I don't need you. I'm going to go figure it out. Then we cut to a boy playing outside, aggressively petting a fucking rabbit. Like, that rabbit's like, stop Dude. Oh, God, my fucking head. And he's like, no, petting you, petting you. I would love him if we saw a name of George. So sharp, I couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah, really. The poor rabbit's trying to get away, and he's like, "You're not getting away that easy." And he's like, "No." And the mom's looking after him, saying, "Don't leave, you know, the yard. Everything's going to be fine." But then the grizzly shows up and picks up the boy, mauling him. And then dropping Dude. him onto the ground, tearing his leg off. I'm like, fuck you, 1976. <laughs> no! We have, no, we have no problem fucking up kids. <laughs> yeah, the kid's all fucked up. You know, being hugged, you know, and just having his leg ripped off. The mother tries to beat off the, the bear with, you know, a broom. She ends up she getting bear beating off the bear? Yes, dragging yep. on his back. Yeah. She was beating off a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the the boy survives, and he's like, what happened to my leg? Well, you're going to be fine. We're just going to put you back in the ambulance, and you're going to be all right. He's like, well, I just wanted some guy to walk out with the fucking leg, just playing air guitar, like, eh, eh, Wait, eh, I thought they both died. The mom and the kid. The kid survives? No, the kid survives. Yeah. Yeah, he, he lived, they, and they were taking him to the local yeah, hospital. But, yeah, because they were saying we have a statement about the bear from one of the survivors, and then they're like, you know, yeah, the kid survived that that fucking attack. Yeah. So not only did he get fucking mauled, 
he fucking survived, and he's missing an arm <laughs> and a leg. So then it's even more fucking brutal. It's like, because it was like the left leg and the right arm. So this kid is going to be off balance for the rest of his fucking life. <laughs> but he survived. So. That's he will never, problem. ever, he will never, ever, ever be able to play hokey pokey <laughs> for the rest of his life. No. no. He can host the event, but he can't play. <laughs> he, he can't be a part of it. Um, so Kelly and Stober decide to load up in the helicopter. Scotty goes off along a horseback to hunt the grizzly. They land the helicopter in the woods. Kelly and Stober hang a deer carcass from the tree as bait. This is going to be great. You know, we're going to use it, and the grizzly's going to come, and we're going to take care of it. The grizzly finds the hanging carcass, and, you know, it goes for it, but because of the loading of the gun by Kelly, he's like, oh, fuck no. And he runs off. And he's like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. We should have oh, fucking smart fucking bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So they chase after the grizzly, but it runs them, and then takes the deer carcass as a reward. So it's like, fuck you. Just running with the fucking deer carcass on his shoulder. <laughs> and like, God damn you, walking, walking, walking away, just going out of it. Middle finger up in the air. Fuck you, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide that night they're not going to catch it, so they decide to go to sleep in their respective areas. Scotty's in another area. Kelly and Stober are in another. And then the next day, while on horseback, Scott... Scotty finds the remains of the deer carcass. So he's like, oh, shit, I found some carcass remains. And Kelly's like, yeah, that's from us. Big problems. It's going to be okay. He's like, well, you know what? I'm going to come up with a plan. I'm going to put the carcass in the back of my horse and drag it behind me, and the grizzly is going to chase after it. I'm going to bring it right to you. And he's like, oh, really? Okay. Well, I mean, that sounds like a really fucking bad idea. He's like, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Just go with it. Uh, you sure? Because that sounds like a really, really fucking bad idea. We're going to shoot it with Especially some barrels, too, so that it doesn't go underwater. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scotty does exactly that. He ties the deer carcass to the back of his horse and starts riding through the woods. The grizzly shows up, and he's like, hey, do you mind if I just take off the head of your horse? Bam! Not the, uh, the oh, horse dude. Right off. Yeah. It's like, and, man, like, just straight up fucking yeah. godfather shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Scotty gets knocked off of the horse, and then he gets knocked out cold by the bear, and then we get to see a makeshift grave being dug by the bear. Just tossed in the oh. fucking dirt on top of Scotty. And it's like, nobody's going to find you. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, Scotty's stuck in Army of Darkness here. (laughs) So Scotty eventually wakes up uh, in this half-dog grave, and he's like, man, you know what? I made it. I made it. That bear isn't around. But what they don't show you is that the grizzly standing behind tree going, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. Wait until he wakes up. This is going to be so fucking cool. It's going to be so great. He's not going to see it coming. He's not going to see it coming. He's waking up. He's waking up. So Scotty wakes up and he's like, oh, fuck. i got to get myself out of this grave. And he frees himself out of the grave. And the grizzly pulls a gotcha bitch moment and immediately kills him. <laughs> and that leaves Kelly and Stober to run to find the mutilated body of Scotty, and they're like, oh, my God, there's fucking pieces everywhere. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? That was personal. So they get back into you the helicopter and fly over the woods. <laughs> they find the grizzly once again in the woods. Fucking grizzly. If he dies, he dies. I am Russian bear. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ruski there can't touch me. I feel like vodka. Just keep guzzling down bottles of vodka. Stumbling to the woods. Guys, that bear is fast. All of a sudden, just feel a piss. Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. Piss break. Piss break. Piss break. Okay, and we go. Wow, that's like a bear fast. Seeing how to take a piss break. So they track the bear through the woods, and they see it running like hell, going, oh, my God, they need to get more vodka. <laughs> land the chopper. Land the chopper. We got this thing. There's still a land the chopper. Give me another slit. Land the chopper. Land the chopper. All America's going to get this Land the chopper. Land the chopper. So Stoper finally lands the chopper in a spot, and the grizzly immediately goes, fuck you, bitch. And slaps him back into the chopper, and then spins it around like a, a top. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. shit! <laughs> and then Stover goes flying out. And he's like, whoa, shit! And he's like, like oh, seen out of fucking police academy. <laughs> yeah. And we see Kelly inside the chopper going, whoa, like I'm getting sick. Stop turning me. Whoa, whoa, I need to get whoa, too. whoa. <laughs> Stover with his gun shoots at the grizzly before wielding the weapon like a bat. He's like, all right, fuck you, motherfucker. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> he's like ready to just hit it in the head. Like, That's not going to do anything. It's like the, but he's the gun holds go. 10 rounds. <laughs> he only fired three. <laughs> Did you not load the gun? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know well, how guns work. It's a bat now. So Kelly manages you know, to get out of the chopper and sort of fire. It's not like it's grizzly. eighteen feet fucking high. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know if any of you guys have ever stood next to somebody that's like let's just say like seven feet tall. You know, yes, like yes, you yeah, get up next to like a really tall person, you don't realize how tall tall is until you're next to somebody like like NBA level fucking height and then you're like, Holy fuck, you know? Like you don't realize it's fucking gigantic. So an eighteen foot tall fucking bear, what is he gonna do? Jump up in the air and fucking swing the fucking bear too well? <laughs> so, yeah, Kelly gets out of the chopper. He starts shooting at the grizzly. And, unfortunately, Stover is a victim. And he gets grabbed up by the grizzly oh. and mauled to death. Blood coming out of his mouth going, oh, no, not this, not this. Again, not as good of a death as Quint. But, you know, for this movie, it's acceptable because, you know, he's not coming back. And then Kelly's like, you know what? No fucking around. I'm grabbing the bazooka. Bazooka? Dude. Okay. All right. Now we're fucking talking. When you absolutely need to kill every motherfucker in the room? (laughs) No substitute. (laughs) And he he just lines up that shot. Now, was there any yeah. setup to this thing? Did we see this thing earlier in the film no. or something? Or did no. I miss it? No, right? Okay. There was no setup. Did he pull oh, no. that well, thing no, out? Well, no, no. You, you, saw, you, you saw him loaded up there? in the uh, helicopter. They, you saw him loaded up when he was talking about his door string now. Okay. Oh, okay. See, I didn't okay. know that. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's a good callback. Because I didn't catch yeah, I that. Totally, I, like, I totally missed it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did he pull that thing out? I st- like okay. I was like, oh wow, all right, cool. Well, I guess that's definitely gonna take this thing down. But what it actually did to this fucking bear, I started <laughs> fucking dying. I was laughing. It's like, like a Star Wars effect. Kept- 
if the movie played like this the entire time, it would have been a fucking entertaining fucking film, man. That was some like next level explosive shit right there. I didn't know they were, I didn't know they were fucking blew up like that. <laughs> fucking, they're, they're highly explosive. <laughs> they're, Who knew? They're made of gasoline. You didn't know that? Bears is made of gasoline. <laughs> they're, they're like they're like fucking zeppelins. <laughs> so this is why fucking what's his name wants to Yogi and Boo Boo out of the park so bad, man. Now I get it. These motherfuckers are flammable as fuck. Fucking flammable bears. <laughs> and he blows up the bear, and you see the giant fucking field of fire. Or the bear got exploded, and then he just walks over to Silver's body. He's like, "Well, that's some fucked up shit." As we close out the credits, I'm like, "Oh my god, they're closing it out here!" But him just walking over to Silver's body, being like, "Man, you fucked up." God damn, <laughs> Why did you run? God damn it! <laughs> yeah, god damn it! You gotta survive, like, you know, but no. It ends with him walking over to Stober's body. That's still like, yeah, that's it's. But that's Grizzly from 1976. Uh, as we close out this movie, Monkey, next week, it's your pick. What are we talking about? All right, next week, we may not be going American Horror Story 1984, but we will definitely be tapping into the vein of Billy Idol. Right! So we're going to cover the right. 1960 American film, Eyes Without a Face. Yeah! Eyes without a face. What's up, Mr. Mac? Another drink. Let's <laughs> <laughs> another drink. Another drink. Another drink. I've got to sing. No, no. Eyes without a face. That's fucking awesome. Do you have a way for us to get it? Hope you put it in the chat as far as how we can watch Eyes Without a Face for next week's episode. Yep. Oh, oh yes. Available as a cheap rental on Amazon Prime, I believe. Yep, and I already have a copy. So, well, go figure, I have a copy. <laughs> Me too. I will be watching <laughs> It's a, a fantastic 60s French film. I'm glad you picked it. I know you talked about it for a little bit, but I cannot wait to break down this movie. Um, I, I, I love it. So, okay. So, with that being said, Monkey, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? All right, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. And as always, letting me come in your ears. Good night, everybody. Mwah! All right. Go, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself up? Well, listen, you know, like Smokey the Bear says, only you can prevent forest fires. So please, please, please do not feed nor ignite the bears in the forest. Aside from that... Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Because they are filled with gasoline. You really don't want it. Um, so if you enjoyed this episode, you're like, you know what? I'll buy it. It's all the vodka. What else? He was rushing. <laughs> he's smoking cigarettes. He's drinking vodka. So anyway, so yeah, if you enjoyed Grizzly, if you watched it yourself, and you're like, you know what? What else did William Gerbler do before he died in that plane crash? Well, in 1977, he directed Day of the Animal, which is not a sequel to Grizzly, but it involves animals, including the same bear that he used for this one named Teddy, which is a professional acting bear. So if you want to see another film by Gerbler, Day of the Animal, yeah, it's a great one. So, yeah, he wasn't around for Grizzly 2. He had died by that time. Uh, But at the same time, if you want to look for animal features in the 70s, look no further than Day of the Animals. 
So with that being said, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, keep America strong, watch horror movies, and we'll see you back here next time. Well, we're going to be talking about Billy Idol and Eyes Without a Face. Okay. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.